Welcome to Blind Love Radio. I'm your host, Anna Rosen. Enjoy these heartfelt conversations having to do with creativity, transformation, and the divine. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited about today's guest. I have Brittany Muller on the podcast of blessed.vigil on Instagram. You guys know her. You guys love her. And I was so excited to talk with her. Um, We talk a lot about faith and religion and how they meet and um, just the magic of all of it, the magic of tarot, some of her favorite tarot cards, um, tarot cards and saints, and some of the commonalities in the archetypes. Um, I just absolutely loved this conversation. I just had a lot of those gems of wisdom that I found through talking with her. Um, and I'm sure you guys are going to love it. I think it's perfect to put out around, um, this Cancer new moon, um, and also the Cancer solar eclipse that's happening. Um, there's a lot of that homey, motherly, nurturing, um, Cancer energy that's just asking us to pause, and I'm really... I feel like it's not even here yet, but I'm already feeling it. I just want to like hang around my house and put on like a cozy robe and I like I wouldn't even do that, but like just like having coffee, whatever you like your favorite thing to wear right now. My favorite thing to wear is overalls, um, but it doesn't sound as good in the montage. Uh, but whatever, like, your favorite article of clothing, uh, whatever that may be, your favorite beverage, snuggle up to this good podcast, and just get deep in the good feels, guys. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Without any further ado, here is me and Brittany talking about all things tarot. So I will see you on the other side. Okay, so why don't you introduce yourself? Okay, um, my name is Brittany Muller. Um, I am 29 years old. Um, I'm basically a stay-at-home mom. I say basically, I am a stay-at-home mom. Um, I live in New York on the Upper East Side with my husband um, and my two little boys. Um, Yeah, and I spend, I mean, I spend a lot of time taking care of my kids, but um, when I'm not doing that, I love um, reading tarot. Yeah, tell me how you got started with tarot. How did you find it, or how did it find you? Um, I started reading tarot about four years ago, um, and I bought my first deck when my second son was about six months old. 
So I have two little boys, and they were born 16 months apart. Um, so they are super close in age. Um, and my second son was born right after my husband started law school. Um, so the first year or so after my second son was born was a really rough time in my life. Um, we had just moved to a new city where I didn't know anyone. Um, my grandfather had recently passed away. Um, my husband was like very busy with law school and we didn't have any family around. Um, and so, yeah, I was having a really tough time. And I remember seeing images of um, the Lime Strider tarot deck on Tumblr, I think. Um, and I thought it was really beautiful. And I actually didn't buy the Lime Strider deck because I wasn't able to. But I bought the Rider Waite deck because I thought, um, you know, I'm feeling really overwhelmed by life right now. Maybe this is something that can help. Um, and it, it did. It helped so much. Um, it was a really grounding thing for me, I feel like, to learn how to read tarot during that time, to have something for myself um, and something that was really quick and easy to do. I didn't have a lot of time um, at that point in my life, but you know, when I was feeling overwhelmed, I could go into the bedroom and I could like pull a card and like focus on it for 30 seconds. Um, and it was something that really helped me during that time. Um, it's something that I wound up really falling in love with. I love that. That's so beautiful. And I feel like, why is it that like, I feel like everybody comes to the tarot in this like star moment like yeah like this healing I don't know if it's like yeah I guess like after that tower of like your world has been shaken and you're like yeah. please I need a beacon of hope <laughs> yeah, exactly that's why I love hearing people's stories about it because, yeah yeah I feel like everybody's story with tarot revolves around some like really personal moment in their lives i just think it's really beautiful and it's amazing like how much it really does help like yeah and i think like even more than that it's like you think you're just picking up this deck of cards but really it's like you're picking up this relationship with god or spirit and it's like it sounds like so grandiose when i put it like that but like it really yeah, but, is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I really did feel like it was that way, you know, because, like, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, you follow me on Instagram, you know that I grew up in a really religious home, and, like, tarot was not something that I was ever really interested in, um, and, like, the, like, I don't, I mean, the impulse to, like, buy a tarot deck, I feel like, I like, I don't know where it came from. It does it felt like a really, like a magical thing, you know? That's so cool. And so I see on your Instagram, it's like you have this saying of like tarot as a form of prayer. And can you, yeah. like, I love that. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that's like played out in your life? And Yeah, so I grew up um, mostly Catholic. Um, and was a really devout Catholic in high school and through, like, most of college. 
Um, and I had kind of a crisis of faith, I guess, um, during college. And I left the Catholic Church um, for, like, all the reasons a young progressive woman would leave the Catholic mm-hmm. Church. Um, and spent, I guess, almost 10 years, like, away from religion. Um, and I, I feel like I still believed in God during that time. Um, but was not really interested in organized religion or like going to church every Sunday. Um, and I, I sort of came to tarot during that time away from religion. Um, and I, I never really used tarot for divination. I really used it for self-reflection, which I think is how a lot of people these days use tarot. And for me, it sort of replaced um, prayer in my life. It was a way to be reflective in my life. Um, and I guess maybe 18 months ago, a little over a year ago, um, my husband suggested going back to church because we had recently moved to New York and we were trying to... Um, I guess, find a community and make friends and church felt like one way to do that. Um, And so I kind of begrudgingly went to church with him. um, And I thought, I mean, it was, it was really moving um, and, and really beautiful. And so we've been going to church and I've um, returned to Christianity uh, in a big way. Um, And I, I never really even considered like giving up tarot once I came back to religion because it it just fit so well. Um, it I mean I feel like I still use tarot for self reflection, um, but it is for me now a form of. Um, contemplative prayer um I mean I I reflect on the cards um and kind of explore my feelings through the cards and now instead of just kind of sitting with them myself I can offer them to God and kind of start a prayer that way or a conversation that way um and it's been it's been really lovely. I feel like it just works really well for me. That feels like so temperance, like this new blending of like taking something that didn't work before in the religion and then like taking time out of it and then coming back to it in this new way and like yeah, I mixing. Do feel like it's been a very temperance kind of thing coming back to religion and kind of being in religion in a more balanced way, I guess. That's so cool. I love that. And, like, you're showing up to it differently, Mm -hmm. too, which, like, I feel like always makes the situation different or, like, the same environment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a different kind of religion that I came back to. I mean, I'm, I'm not Catholic anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Episcopalian now, which is similar in some ways, but um, 
has a much more progressive theology, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I was a really devout Catholic. I feel like maybe even too devout. Um, and my Christianity, it, when I was like younger, was very like us versus them. And I feel mm. like the theology I'm engaging with now is much more inclusive, which I love. And it has, you know, it has space for stuff like tarot too, which I, I don't know. I just love it. I love that. So you, I always see like making or including saints with tarot cards. Yeah. Um, like what got you thinking about that? And like, do you have any like cool stories or examples? Um, well, I've always loved saints. I think that's just like a holdover from Catholicism. Uh Um, and I think what really got me into it is, um, a tarot deck that a friend gifted me called the Tarot of the Saints. Um, it's by, uh, it was created by Robert Place, um, who also did the alchemical tarot, which I think is more popular than the Tarot of the Saints. Um, and the Chair of the Saints is out of print now. Um, it's really hard to find. Um, but an Instagram friend of mine gifted me his deck, which was very kind. Um, and so in the deck, there's, um, a, a different saint for, um, each card or different, like, religious symbolism for each card. Um, and some of the, some of the associations he made between the saints and the cards I really like and some of them um I don't like so much uh, but it's been fun to explore that myself um and make my own different associations especially with the court cards I really like um reading about saints and thinking about um their personalities and how they fit um in the court cards do you have a favorite a favorite saint? Yeah, like a saint and like oh. one that, I don't know, you see in tarot a lot. Um, I really love, I think I talked about this on Instagram. I really love Joan of Arc. Um, I definitely have a Joan thing. Um, and Joan of Arc, when I was confirmed in the Catholic Church in middle school, um, Joan of Arc was my confirmation saint. Um so usually in like, I think like middle school, early high school in the Catholic Church, you're confirmed in the Catholic Church, um, like as a member of the Catholic Church, and you choose a saint um, to be like your patron saint. Um, and I chose Joan of Arc, so she's always been close to my heart. Um, and I really associate her with um, the Knight of Wands. Ooh, I love uh, that. Yeah, she was. Very, uh, I mean, very young, um, but really fiery and passionate and mystical. She had all kinds of visions, um, and yeah, I just, I really like that association. And I really like associating um, different. I don't know. I like being able to, I guess, kind of bend the genders a little bit because the core cards are, 
I mean, in the Rider Waite deck, which is mostly what I use, the court cards are like heavily gendered. Um, and so I like being able to flip that a little bit um, in those ways. That's beautiful. I So I grew up Catholic and I chose a saint for my confirmation. And I remember being like, I was such a little like, little shit kid and I was like (laughs) (laughs) I was like I don't want one I'm like I'm fine and I wish I had been more of that way I was like embarrassingly old no I am like wishing that I would have like taken it more seriously because I think it's so cool now like just like the whole tradition of it I mean even though there's like you know problems with with everything right but definitely with religion as a whole but Uh i was just so jaded i don't know if it's like my inherent like capricorn nature where i'm like (laughs) (laughs) but i remember being like fine if i have to pick one like i'll pick like saint anthony because that was like my father or my grandfather was anthony and i remember that was sweet, right? And but I remember it being like, you don't want to pick a boy. They were like, you, you're a girl. You have to pick a girl. Uh, I de- yeah. I don't know if they told us that we had to pick a boy or a girl, but I do remember that all the girls chose girls and all the boys chose boys. Yeah, but I was like, fuck that. I. W- <laughs> Good for you. I, I was like, I want Saint Anthony, and I remember like looking it up too and it being like kind of like obscure and like I don't know what he do you know what he's the saint of I know he's the patron saint of like lost things yeah the only thing I know about him is that when you lose something you can pray to saint Anthony and he'll help you find it um but like I don't actually know anything about like his life yeah, I feel like I need... Life or why he's the patron saint of lost things. I need to, like, go into that. But I remember it being, like, a little bit dark, too. Like, maybe that's why he's, like, the saint of lost things. Like, things going to die and then kind of, like, bring them back maybe or something. So. Oh, I'm definitely going to look him up now. Yeah, I need to, like, do some research because... I just love the idea of like this intuitive hit of picking something and not knowing why and then like later coming back and it's like you've evolved and like it's I don't know it's so cool it just feels like I don't know there's just so many layers when you pick things through your subconscious yeah I mean I chose Joan of Arc and I feel like she makes more sense for me now than she did when I was, you know, like an eighth grader. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, when I was, when I chose her, I was very, like, devout and, like, very much a rule follower and very much, like, didn't want to rock the boat and, like, would not have, like, spoken my mind the way Joan of Arc did. And I feel like as an adult, I... I feel like I have much more grown into that kind of personality. So it's been interesting to me to come back to Christianity and kind of engage with the saints again um, as, like, a much different person than I was, you know, like, 15 years ago. That's so cool, though, as something that, like, you were growing into. 
Yeah. Like, not even knowing that your life was going to go that path. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, I feel like I'm kind of growing into that. I feel like I'm trying to be, like, a beacon of light for lost souls. <laughs> As much as I can be. Um, but yeah, now you've got me interested in that. So I've got to look that up. But are you going through like any cards right now? Like is there ones that are like coming up for you all the time? Or like you're going through? I've had uh, the Four of Swords coming up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, which I was actually just writing about this morning, the, like, newsletter that I send out every month. Um, the email I'm sending out uh, tomorrow morning is about, like, the Four of Swords. Um, but I really like the Four of Swords. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's about, like, rest, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think it's also about space and, like, having the space to rest and I really like um the writer weight version of the four of swords there's um in the top like left hand corner there's um like a, an image of a stained glass window um mm. and the image looks like um like a man with a halo and someone kneeling at his feet um, and what it always reminds me of in the context of the card is the, um, the story of Martha and Mary um, in the Bible. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. No, do tell. Tell everyone. There's a, <laughs> there's a story in the Gospels um, about Jesus visiting his friends, Martha and Mary. And Martha and Mary were like sisters, I think, or maybe cousins. Um, and Mary sat at Jesus's feet and listened to him um speak and Martha was like busy bustling around and like making the food and like hostessing and making sure everyone was comfortable um and Martha gets really upset with Mary because Martha is like I'm doing all this work like why aren't you helping me um and Jesus says something to the effect um of you know, Mary is doing the right thing. Mary is sitting and listening. Um, And what I always, like, take away from that is that there is space um, to do that. Because I'm very much, I feel like, a Martha (laughs) in my life. Uh And my my knee-jerk reaction to that story is always to, like, defend Martha. Uh You know, someone has to host. Someone has to, like, cook dinner, you know, someone has to, like, take care of all this stuff, and Mary's, like, just sitting there, she's not doing anything, you know, Uh Uh, and so I feel like the Four of Swords comes up for me a lot when I get into that, like, kind of extreme Martha mode, where I feel like I have to be doing everything, um, and, like, I don't have time to pray, or I don't have time to read tarot, or do anything contemplative, you know, and it's a reminder that there's always space for that and that that is also important if that makes sense yeah that's such a good story with that card Mm -hmm. um it almost reminds me like it feels very appropriate with like cancer season too and like the eclipses tomorrow (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, this idea of, like, I heard somebody say, like, cancer season is the in, whereas Leo season is the out. So, like, allowing... Uh, sense. Yeah, like, allowing space for things to come in and, like, yeah. slowing down... And especially connecting it with that, like, motherly nurturing energy. Mm-hmm. Like, because you're so right. Like, I feel like mom is, like, a verb where it's, like, yeah. you're momming, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, But it's also, like, the other side is just, like, you know, when your mom just, like, holds you and, like, just gives you, like, a really good hug and that's worth, like, a thousand... Th- to do things um, yeah I love that you were like exactly talking right now about what I was writing in this email this morning yes it's in the air it is I feel like oh, I love cancer season and I have no cancer in my chart my chart is um, there's a lot of Capricorn in my chart and I'm an Aries sun and a Virgo rising and so I feel like I'm very like work, 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 do, 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 go, 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 all the time. Oh, I love Virgo Risings. Yeah. I, you guys I, are so dependable. You're so right. That's like Martha. Martha is a Virgo Rising. I feel like Martha probably is a Virgo Rising. <laughs> like, she's just like kind of critical, and I love her. Like, I just really relate. That's so funny, too, because I always talk about this with my sister because she's a Virgo Rising, and a Virgo moon, and, like, she, so I'm a Pisces moon, and, like, a Scorpio rising, so I have, like, kind of the antidote to all of her, like, busyness is, like, just sitting and, like, forming the spiritual connection, so it's so cool with the polarity, too. It's, like, the antidote to all of the work and the hustle is, like, just sitting there and, like, just allowing things to come in. Or even, like, doing things. Like, I was like, have you ever just, like, when she walks around the city, she goes so fast. And I'm oh, like. The same way. I'm such a fast walker. Oh, my God. I'm like, hey, don't leave me in the dust over here. Like, what's the rush? Let's enjoy the nice trees. My husband is a tourist. Every time I walk somewhere with him, he's always asking. Now. Yes. I feel like I always have somewhere to be, even if I don't have somewhere to be. Yes. Oh my God. Because we were just like going to lunch, and I was like, "Hey, like, yeah, we might be like two minutes later to our lunch oh thing." But like, even just making that like more of like a Pisces walk, like more yeah. of just like a walk to just like connect with god like i don't know i love that like bringing in those polarities ah i love that story thank you so much for sharing (laughs) you're welcome yeah it's been good for me to think about stuff in that way because my i feel like my nature is not to be slow about stuff um i just i like to do everything as fast as possible and so it's good for me to think about slowing down. Especially you know. in Aries sun. Yeah, yeah. So what's your moon sign? Um, I'm a Capricorn moon. 
Ooh, my husband's a Capricorn moon. You're like all business. So, what's your, have you ever figured out, like, your life card? Um, my life card is the emperor. Me too! Oh my god! Ah! I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like I've been on a real journey with the emperor in the last, like, four years. I feel like I've gone through so many variations of feelings about the card um I feel like when I started reading tarot I really hated it um and it's like I mean it's always been a card that I've pulled a lot um and yeah I mean for a long time I felt like the emperor was a stand-in for like you know the kind of like patriarchal structure that felt really stifling to me um, and felt like something that I really didn't fit into as, like, a stay-at-home mom <laughs> and, like, someone who spends most of her time mothering. Um, and I don't know. These days, I feel a lot more comfortable um, in The Emperor. I really, like, I feel like um, Lindsay Mack from... Um, wild soul healing i really like the things that she said about the emperor um just i don't know i mean i feel like i've heard her talk about it on her podcast and stuff several times um over the years um and i really like what she has to say about the emperor as um like allowing yourself to take up space um and so i feel like i've come I feel like I started out seeing the emperor as something like outside of myself. Um, And now I see the emperor more as a part of who I am um, and allowing myself to take up the kind of space that the emperor takes up. And I think this idea that I am big enough to contain multitudes you know mm-hmm. that makes sense I feel like that got a little jump no I love that and I love Lindsay's interpretation of that with like being of nature uh-huh. and I also love like this idea of because it's like it feels really uncomfortable like being seen like that or maybe not being seen but taking up the space uh-huh. and I feel like it's almost like reminding yourself that you have like you have it in you to withstand the elements if you're gonna be that big yeah like like if you're like this big mountain like being able to take the heat of the sun and because it's like you do make other people uncomfortable when you show up that big but even if you know, because it may remind them that they might not be. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel like is, like, it's to the benefit of everybody to be doing that. But I think it just right. takes a lot of balls. Um, yeah. Which is cool, though. Yeah, it was definitely uncomfortable for me for a long time. And I feel like it's something that I'm still kind of growing into, because I did grow up 
and you know like a Catholic home and a very like conservative Catholic like traditional kind of home um, where I was you know the oldest girl and I was expected to be very traditionally feminine um, and I feel like I am in a lot of ways um, but I feel like I'm also not as like meek and quiet um, as I was taught to be as a kid mm. uh, mm-hmm. and so I feel like I'm still learning how to I don't know feel like I can take up that space it's a learning process for sure definitely and I feel like I was listening to do you ever listen to strange magic I don't that's a fun podcast everybody listen and they are going through like the tarot cards and they were talking about the death card and they were talking about how the death card is connected to the emperor because it's 13 so you would get three plus one um and then you would get four yeah so it's kind of like the relationship between the two and this idea of like if we know we're gonna die then like why build anything but it's like this idea that if we weren't gonna die then we would have no pressure to build anything or take up the space we would just yeah it would just be like why even bother like, it's like the fi- finality of things is what makes them so beautiful. Um, and I you could think, that. yeah, and even thinking about, like, taking it to nature and trees, like, cherry blossoms, they're only out for, like, a week. But mm-hmm. that makes them, like, so much more beautiful because we don't have them all the time. So it's like, yeah. um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. I love that idea. So what do you what do you think about the death card? This is like my card for the month. And so it's the first day of it. <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> I I like the death card. And I think it's really interesting that I don't know, since I returned to Christianity I've been um having a lot of fun trying to talk about the cards in a more religious way um which is i think easier than some people might think because there is a lot of religious imagery in the cards definitely Um, and i think it's really interesting that even like secular tarot readers who are not like into religion talk about death all the time as a card of like renewal and rebirth because that fits so well um in like christian theology i mean the whole i mean christianity is built around you know christ's resurrection Mm. and you know the defeat of death and this idea that death is not the end you know and i just think it's so interesting that um, that idea has come through in tarot, even without Christianity. Yeah, that's such a perfect story for that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I love that. Death is not the end. It's so true. I mean, it feels true, at least. It feels true to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess we don't really know. <laughs> um, I, love, I love 
um, yeah, I mean, I like the idea of also using the death card to like reflect on one's mortality, which I think fits really well with what you were just talking about with death and the emperor and this idea that our mortality is what propels us to like create things. Um, and you know, yeah, yeah, and I Sorry, think I lost my train of thought. no, that's fine. Um, it almost it makes me think of like also how temperance comes after death, like this idea that it's like you had this religion at first, Catholicism, and then once you allowed it to die, it's like something more aligned was able to come in in this yeah. new form, which is really cool. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Nice. So, what's your favorite card? Um, I feel like I go through cycles mm-hmm. with my favorite cards. As <laughs> everyone think, does. <laughs> yeah, I think my favorite card right now is the Fool. Ooh. Um, yeah, and I feel like I feel like the Fool has been my favorite card for a while now. Um, but in thinking about tarot as connected with Christianity and like a, like a theological view of the cards, I really love that the Fool is the first card um, because I love the the there's like a there's a character in religion um, of the Holy Fool. Um, and there are a lot of saints who are considered to be like holy fools. I think St. Francis of Assisi is the first one that comes to mind. But um, they're kind of marked by um, kind of abandoning like worldly ideas of success and kind of living on the margins of society. Um, and I just, I really love that character. And that's what The Fool reminds me of. And I really love, for me, what The Fool represents is this idea, um, this very, like, mystical idea that in order to become closer to God, in order to know God, you have to let go of everything you think you know about God or everything you think you want in life, or everything you think you even need in life, and you have to kind of jump off a cliff, you know? And that's the start. You would think that would be the end, but that's where you have to start, with the leap off the cliff into this kind of mystical unknowing, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it makes me even think of, like, why, like thinking about the intention of the fool like I, I don't know if I've ever really thought about that like the reason for jumping off the cliff like mm-hmm. is it like I love the idea of like him jumping off to like get to know himself and mm-hmm. if and if it's like if you're thinking about like everybody is a piece of God like mm-hmm. then you're like you're jumping off to be able to have this better connection with God. And it's like placing your trust. It's such a literal translation, right? 
Yeah, yeah. And I, it's been really interesting as an adult to go back and read the Gospels um, and see how radical a lot of it is. I mean, Jesus really instructs his followers to like sell everything they own to follow him. And that's what I, I feel like the fool for me really reminds me of the really radical nature of the Gospels, that you really have to let go of this idea of worldly success. If you feel like, if like Jesus was a tarot card, what tarot card would he be? You know, the King, the king of Cups always Ooh. Me, Jesus. I feel like Jesus would be the King of Cups. I see that, especially Very. in the Pagan Otherworlds deck. Yes! Yes! That's like my favorite card in the Pagan Otherworlds deck. I think that image is just so beautiful. And the way he very is like tenderly like turning and like bearing his heart. Ugh, I just think it's so beautiful. And like I feel like Mother Mary is totally the high priestess in that deck also. Yeah, I, you know, I was really, I was talking earlier in our call, I was talking about the Tarot of the Saints, and I was surprised to see that the High Priestess is not Mary. In that deck, the High Priestess is Mary Magdalene, mm. which I, makes sense. I like but, that also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I love her too. Um, but in the Tarot of the Saints, Mary is the moon. Ooh, I love that too. Really interesting because um, then the sun is Christ. And I like the idea of Mary sort of, like, reflecting the love of Christ into the world. Oh, my God. I love that. Yeah. I think that's one of, that's one of my favorite associations that Robert Place made in the deck. I think that's really beautiful. That feels so spot on for me personally because I feel like I have, like, I have Chiron in my, in the eighth house in Cancer. So. Yeah, so it's kind of like I feel like I'm reflecting all of this maternal, um, like, wounding, but also gifts from, like, my yeah, maternal uh, line. I feel like that is a very, like, Marian Yes, of- and I have, so I, I have a Pisces moon, too, so I feel like it kind of lights up. Um, I have that in the fourth house, so it kind of feels like this, like, Cancer Pisces um like soup that is kind of like guiding me and it just feels like so reflected whenever I see something that's like a Mother Mary like picture or statue it just it brings me back to like my maternal line and it makes me feel just connected in this way with the unseen and just feeling like taken yeah like taken care of And it just feels, it feels so protecting, too. Like, even though it's, like, the moon card, you don't know what's happening because I feel like you almost, like, can't see. But it's, like, you're giving over your trust to be guided. Um, And that's so scary. But I feel like that's, like, what spirituality is. Yeah, that is really what it is. Yeah, I love that. Um, so are there, so what's other, do you have any other favorite, like, saint cards? Or, like, archetypes that you feel, like, really fit? I'm trying to think. 
Um, one of my other favorite saints um, is John the Beloved, who was one of the apostles. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that in, I think that in the Terror of the Saints, he's the Knight of Cups. Ooh. I, yeah, it could be wrong though. Maybe that's an association I've made. So like, don't quote me on that. But I do really associate John the Beloved with um, the Knight of Cups. Um, because John the Beloved was um, canonically like the youngest apostle. Um and often in art, he is uh, depicted um, like sitting right next to Jesus, and often like resting his head in Jesus's lap, or like leaning against Jesus's shoulder. Um, and I really, I don't know. I, I feel like John the Beloved was a very like heart-centered saint. Um, and I, and I just associate him a lot with the Knight of Cups um, and, like, a journey for um, love and beauty and, like, being very close to, um, like, the love of Christ and, like, the heart of Christ, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that feels so perfect with, like, if you're thinking about Jesus being... The King of Cups, so that would be, like, this water element. And then somebody else is, like, taking that message and, like, spreading the message with that air element. Right. Which is pretty cool. That is really cool. I had, like, actually not made that association, so thank you. I'm going to be thinking about that all day now. And especially with, like, it being, like, the Knight of Cups or the King of Cups would be, like, fire and water. And, like, almost, like, the messengers are the ones who, like, fan the flames. It can really, right. like, bring the message to everybody. Yeah, um, makes a lot of sense. I love that. And it's, like, we can't always, like, I don't know, like, it's just as potent when you hear from, like, somebody carrying the message as it is from the source. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really beautiful. Ooh, I love that idea. That's so fun. I love that too. Thank you. I feel like you give me new things to think about. Yes, that's what this is for. <laughs> so what tarot card do you feel like best represents you? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I feel like in my day-to-day life, I feel like I'm very in, uh, like, a Queen of Pentacles kind of phase. Um, just as far as, like, I mean, I am a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I associate the Queen of Cups very much with, like, domesticity and nurturing Um, and so much of what I do in my day-to-day life is, um, you know, like taking care of my kids and kind of like creating a warm and comforting home environment for them. Um, 
So I usually feel very seen when I pull the Queen of Pentacles lately. That kind of feels like where I'm at right now. Freudian slip. I think you said Queen of Cups. Did I really? Yeah. So. I do feel like I I am more the Queen of Cups, like, um. Like naturally? Yeah, or like in my prayer life lately or my spiritual life. Um, it feels a little weird to separate the two because I feel like the two are very connected. Um, I agree, especially since like, like water is on the earth. So it feels like an earth element. They feel like they share that duality. Yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like they have very similar poses, at least in the writer wake. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do feel like like in my prayer life or in my spiritual life, um, lately things have been very um, like emotional and heart-centered, which has been good for me because I feel like, um, like growing up, like my relationship with religion was very intellectual. Um, and I feel like, my reversion to Christianity in the last year or two has been um, very emotional. Um, I feel like when I started kind of praying again and like thinking about going to church again, um, like I just like cried all the time. And it wasn't that I was like really happy or really sad. Um, It was just like, I feel like emotional overwhelm. Um, which is very unusual for me because I like don't have a lot of water in my chart and I am not in general a really emotional person at all. Um, but yeah, I feel like um, I am in a very queen of cups place right now with my spiritual life. Very, very heart-centered. Yeah, it almost makes me think of like this idea where you're studying religion and then the the change of like it feels like the emotions is, like, bringing God into the body mm-hmm. rather than, like, living outside of it and looking in. Yes. Um, yeah. So, like, I definitely kept God and religion, like, very at arm's length when I was growing up. Even though I was very devout, it didn't feel – it didn't feel, like, in the body, like you said. And it does now. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. That's beautiful. Do you ever do, like – um like I almost think this idea of thinking of saints as tarot archetypes do you ever do like long novenas to them or something if you want to like I don't know like expand a certain energy like any type of like rituals around it or like um like purposefully praying to a certain saint or tarot card um that you want to bring in yeah I have done that um with Mary I haven't done it um with saints in the last like few years um, but I do love the idea. I mean, I believe very strongly in the communion of saints and this idea that the saints are in heaven and that the saints pray for us and that we can pray to the saints um, and that we can build 
relationships with them. Um, and there haven't been any, like, in particular um, that I have felt like I really um, needed to, like, build up really strong relationships with yet, even though I do, um, I feel like, pray to saints pretty often, even if it's just, like, I lost my keys, I'm going to pray to St. Anthony and see if he'll find them for me. Um, but yeah, I do, I mean, I have prayed novenas, um, to Mary specifically. Um, and yeah, I do, I do love that idea. I really want to do that now. (laughs) I I I feel like it's really, it's a really beautiful ritual. And I know a lot of like, I mean, I know, like, a good number of, like, witchy folks who are, like, not really into Christianity, but do love the saints and will, like, pray to the saints. And I think that's great. The saints just feel, like, for the people. It doesn't feel like an institution that you have to be a part of. Right. And I do feel like the saints, at least for me, the saints sometimes feel more accessible than, like, God, you know, because I feel like, I mean, God is, um, you know, unknowable. And so for me, and like my day to day life, the idea of praying to a saint and asking like for their intercession, um, it just it feels, it just feels more accessible to me. I love that idea of like, I just keep thinking about that idea of the saints being like the messengers, so them being almost the knights. Yeah. And like that making it more relatable because they're like of the people, whereas like the kings are, it's like you don't ever really relate to royalty. Like not day to day. Um, even though they are people too, or like, you know, you are of them, but like this idea that it's more relatable when it's coming from a saint or like, you know, the knight, um, Uh ah, that's such a fun idea. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely the way I think about it. Cool. How do you think about the pages? I love the pages. I definitely think of the pages as, um, like, children, but not in a bad way. Like, I don't, I don't like to think of, I mean, I've known some tarot readers who think of, maybe this is an older idea, maybe people don't really think this way anymore, um, of the court cards as, like, like a progression or, like, a hierarchy or, like, the, like the page grows into the king, Um, but I really like to see them as all equal and, like, helpful in their own ways. Um, and I really like the pages because I feel like they, for me, they feel very grounded Mm. and very young, but in a good way, like, very uncomplicated, And I'm the kind of person who can get very, like, in my head and very intellectual about stuff. Um, And I feel like, for me, I always pull pages when I need to, like, get out of my head and into my body. Um, Mm. And do, like, a simpler way of, like, 
praying or believing or living more broadly. Um, I like them for that. That's such a beautiful idea. I always get really confused by the pages. And I love your idea of like simplifying it. And I think I'm just like overthinking about it. And that's probably why they're coming up. Yeah, I always associated them with like my children. Uh huh. As I spend time around kids, I always like associate the pages with children and the way children live and think. And I find I find it really inspiring. Ooh, that's beautiful. So how do you, do, so do your kids, like, know that you do tarot? Do, um, like, what kind of relationship do you think you'll have with them, like, talking about it and, like, talking, since you have kind of, like, a broader view of spirituality? Mm-hmm. Um, they do know that I read tarot. And sometimes I'll read cards, like, around them. It is not something they seem to be particularly interested in. (laughs) I wish they would be because it would be really fun. Like, I would love to teach them about it. Um, But, yeah, they just don't seem to be very interested in it. And it's something that I would love to teach them about um, as they get older because it's been really wonderful for me. Um, But at this point, it's just... Yeah, it's just not something that they seem super into at this point. But they're also young. They're four and six right now. So maybe that will change at some point. Oh, I love that. I love that it came like, I love how you got started with tarot. That's such a fun story. Yeah, I feel like it came into my life at like just just the right time. Exactly, Exactly when you needed it. Yeah, it came right when I needed it, and it it felt like a really serendipitous thing. Yay! Do you have anything, Did was there anything that, like, we didn't cover that you are thinking about, or any, like, last thoughts? Um, no, I don't think so. We talked about so many things that I love talking about. Yeah, that was so fun. Thank you <laughs> so much. Oh, thank you. I love talking about this stuff. Uh, Can you tell everyone where they can find you and how they can sign up for that newsletter you were talking about? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram as um, blessedvigil or blessed.vigil. You can also search for my name, Brittany Muller. Um, And then I also have a website, which is brittanymuller.com. and the website is pretty, like, bare bones. I don't do any blogging or anything like that. But if you wanted to sign up for my newsletter, you can sign up for it there. And do you do readings? I do not do readings right now. I really would love to at some point. Um, but right now I feel like my kids take up so much of my emotional energy. Oh, yeah, totally. I don't feel like I could do readings justice unfortunately (laughs) I think that's very um wise (laughs) yeah like I tried to I thought about it for a long time and I was like if I'm really being perceptive here I'm not really ready to do this yet so yeah one day someday 
Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was so fun talking with you. And thank you so much for sharing all those stories and your insights. Ah, that was so fun. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, if you could take a minute to just rate and review it, that would be amazing. It'll help more people see the podcast and find out about it. And I'm doing a workshop for summer, the summer season, all about the Ace of Wands, the Suit of Wands, very heart-centered. We're going to do a little bit of yoga and vinyasa, moving into talking about the wand suit, and then go into a little heart-centered meditation. Uh, If you wanted to find out more info about that, that can be found on thriveyoga.com under the workshops tab. Just look up Anna Rosen's workshop on um, Ace of Wands is what we are calling it. And that would be awesome. It's going to be on July 13th. It's a Saturday and it's going to be in the afternoon from 2 to 3.30 And if anybody can join, I think it's going to be really fun. And I'm going to make a little candle that everyone can take home with them. Um, Very fire-centric theme, everyone. Um, Yeah, and we can get freaky with some tarot. Uh, So check that out if you're interested. I would love to see anybody who wants to participate and come. Um, And Thrive Yoga is in Rockville, Maryland. If anybody is local to me, then that would be awesome to see you there. Uh, So I think that's it. Um, Definitely more episodes coming to you guys soon. I hope you're enjoying the summer and all of its lovely gifts of nature and flowers. And maybe you're going to the beach and um, getting some good vacation time in. That's always nice. Um, but if you can't go anywhere, if you're not going anywhere, I totally feel that, um, and you're having maybe just a little extra time to sit around and read if you can, just taking the pause, really soaking in the slower days of summer in whatever privilege that we have. Um, so I hope you guys treat yourself really kindly, nurture yourself over the solar eclipse and just cancer season in general. So I'm sending you guys lots of love and smooches. Mwah.